Wow, you've made it to day five of week one. I'm so proud of you for sticking with it uh, up to this point, and I pray that God would bless you in some tremendous ways uh, because of that. So here we are, day five of week one, as we kind of wrap this week up. Let's talk today about commitment to small habits leads to big results. How our commitment to small habits leads to big results. I want to use an analogy to start off with about being a runner, for example. Uh, Years ago when I was in college, I I decided to run a marathon. Now, a marathon is 26.3 miles. Now, I was an athlete, and I I did different things in high school. I even ran some track and mid mid kind of distance things and, and so forth, not the longer distance. I wouldn't cross country or any of that. Uh, so, you know, uh, I was kind of challenged by someone to help uh, with a, raising some money for something and I could, if I'd run this marathon. And so I thought, well, I'm going to run a marathon. Now, what would work to run a marathon? Now, you know, obviously, you know, I'm healthy enough that I could finish 26.3 miles. The problem was is that I wasn't in shape enough to, to really do that running the whole distance. So what would it take for me to be able to do that? Well, obviously, it took training. I had to, to on a regular basis, almost every day, I took some days off here and there, but, you know, four or five times a week, I would go out and run. And at first, I would run, you know, some smaller distances. I'd just run a few miles and work at that. And it was very difficult for me to go uh, even one mile. And so, uh, but eventually, within a few weeks, I was able to, you know, pretty much do a mile. It wasn't that hard. And then I worked my way up to two miles and then to three and then to four. And then I made some big jumps and started going five and six and then jumped up to 10. And over time, I began to develop, uh, you know, the ability to run great distances. And so uh, pretty soon, 26.3 miles was manageable. Now, I wasn't going to win any race, but imagine that I wanted to win. Imagine I wanted to compete with the top contenders uh, who were running because I was going to run the Dallas Marathon at the time then I would have to train even harder. I would have to probably commit more time to it and, and do a lot more you know, training in my diet, training it. I would have to really work at this, okay? And over time, I could achieve great results. I'm not saying I could have won the race necessarily, but I, mean, I could have done much, much, much better. I could have been a contender. I could have been one of those who was actually, you know, there when the crowd was cheering. By the time I got to the end, you know, it was pretty much over. You know, I, there were still a lot of people running the race, certainly. But, but I mean, you know, all the winners that had long since come through and so forth, I was nowhere near them. You know, I was... I was a good bit, 40, 45 minutes behind the winners and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, but but if I hadn't trained, I would have I would have not been able to even do that. Now think about that in terms of your walk with Jesus, of your of your living out the Christian life and learning to to live like Jesus. That it's kind of a, a, like a race. This is like going on this journey and becoming better and better. And at first, you're, it's overwhelming. It's way too much. I mean, you couldn't just walk out and run 26.3 miles if you haven't done any training, if you haven't you know, learned to do these kind of things. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. And every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. 
So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul talks about the Christian life and says, you know, it's running a race. And if you really want to get good, you, you got to discipline yourself. You've got to work at this. This is not something that you just show up and do. And the problem is, is that people often want their Christian life to be super easy. Jesus often talked about the challenge of following him and the difficulty of it and how we should count the cost and how, you know, it's kind of a narrow path and it's not going to be easy. It's worth it. It's worth it. And that's Paul's point. Following Jesus is worth it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that everything comes, you know, just kind of automatic and that God does everything for us. There's some parts we have to do ourselves. You know, people used to say, and they've been highly criticized for it, that God helps those who help themselves. And, you know, someone has rightly observed that's not in the Bible. And it's not. That's right. Uh, God does. That's not written in the Bible. But I get the point that they were making. Some people act like that they don't have to do anything, that God takes care of everything. Well, well, God does take care of your salvation. You don't have to do anything to be saved, to, to, be, to have this salvation, this forgiveness of sins that God has given you. But, but in order to live the Christian life, in order to follow Jesus, it takes a lot from you. You have to partner with God. You have to certainly realize that only God can get you there. I mean, only God can sanctify you and make you better and, and, and help you through some of your problems and difficulties and bad patterns and fixing things in your life and make you more like Christ. That's a miracle. That, that's been purchased by Jesus, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and redoes these things in our life. But too often we want no-effort solutions. We just want somebody to come in and do everything for us, and so we don't have to do anything ourselves. And that's not the way that it works. You know, sometimes I'll have people want prayer, and they'll ask me to pray for them about their problem. Like, you know, a few months back, I had the, this person come to me, and they said, pray for me. I'm having all kinds of problems. And I said, okay, what kind of problems? And they said, well... You know, I'm having some issues with some drug abuse, and I'm also uh, having a lot of depression and uh, have suicidal thoughts and things like that. And I, I, I said, well, absolutely, I'll pray for you. And I prayed for them. And then I said, you know, I said, the thing is, is that, that you know, God wants to help you, and I believe that he does, and I believe God wants to rescue you from the situation. But I think you need to go and, like, check in and you know, go and, and tell them what's going on and you need to get some help and those kind of things. And I began to tell him that he needed to do some things in order to get better. And I challenged him to do that. And he actually got mad at me. And, and this is kind of where we're at sometimes with God, because we want God to do something for us, but we don't want to do anything ourselves. We, we want to be complete. We just want God to fix it all. And, and we don't want to have any responsibility or take any kind of accountability at all. Now, that, that's foolish, and that is not what Scripture's teaching. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that we're just to pray about stuff and then not, you know, involve ourselves at all. You know, if we want to be like Jesus, we have to involve ourselves. We have to do. It's not a no-effort situation. It's, this is not a solution where we just, you know, pray about it every now and then or show up at church every now and then. God wants us to participate in our own spiritual journey. 
We're supposed to seek God. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to read the Bible. We're spo- we talked about these patterns of life that we have to choose. We have to choose that we're going to be a person who knows the Bible. We're going to have to choose to learn to pray. We're going to have to choose a life of repentance where we, we talk about our own faults and failures and admit them to God. We're going to have to choose to learn to be generous and force ourselves to be generous people. We're going to have to learn to serve other people and, and, and put our own self selfish ways behind us and begin to to think about other people. We're going to have to learn to share our story. God's not going to force us to do these things. And then we got to learn to be a part of worship and thanking God. These are these are choices that we make. Now God has come along inside and said, you know, you can do nothing apart from me. And so he has agreed to help us. He has agreed to come alongside of us and we can trust him to do that. But what we don't want to do is put it all on him and say, God, you do everything. I don't have to do anything. This is where commitment comes in. Think of it like that race. If I really want to succeed in this race, I've got to put my part in. God's given me certain abilities and given me certain things, and and I can accomplish much. There's a lot of potential because of who I am and who God has created me to be, and because he saved me and he's forgiven me. I have incredible potential. But Just because I have potential doesn't mean I'm automatically going to get there. I need to participate in this. And this is what Rooted is going to be about. It's going to be about some commitment on your part. Will you commit to do the things on a day-to-day basis that you need to do so that over time you can accomplish some great things spiritually? You see, your commitment to small habits, small things, is going to lead to some big results in your life. And you've got to believe that. So if you commit yourself to be in the Bible on a day-to-day basis, if you're going to commit yourself to learn to pray and take time out of your day to do that, if you're going to commit yourself to being generous and all these other things that we're talking about, God's going to bless that. But you've got to make up your mind that that's something you want to do. This journey of Rooted is going to be about that. So spend some time today reflecting on that. Are you willing to pay the price? Do you want to be something? You know, most good things in life are are earned. They're not just given to you, okay? And and when they are, and sometimes you do get things, but sometimes when you get things, you that doesn't mean it's really good. I mean, sometimes people gain a lot of money or popularity, and they're not really ready for that, and it, and they end up being super unhappy, and it burns them, and it, it's it's crash and burn, right? You don't want to be like that, do you? Be the kind of person who says, you know what? Life is going to give you what you put into it. And the same as in the relationship with God. You put into your relationship with God. You put into your relationship with Jesus. You're going to get great returns. People say, well, you know, I tried church. I tried. I'm not saying try church. I'm saying try Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Do the things Jesus called you to do. Be a follower of Jesus. Taste and see if the Lord is good. I think you'll find he's good, but you're going to have to commit to the long haul because this won't happen in a week. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not going to even happen in a year. It's going to be over time. And over time, you're going to become stronger. You're going to become more spiritual. You're going to learn to walk by the Spirit of God. God's going to do many things in your life. Your character is going to grow. There's going to be amazing things that happen because it's the small things that we commit to, these small habits that result in big results. And that's what we want.